Now, our Bible reading for today, continuing in the series from Luke, is taken from Luke chapter 12, and we'll be reading from verses 13 down to 34. And this includes the, the parable of the rich fool. So Luke 12, 13 to 34. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, What shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, This is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, You have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich toward God. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat, about your body, what you wear, for life is more than food and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They do not have storehouses or barns, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than the birds? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wild flowers grow. They do not labour or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendour was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink, do not worry about it, for the pagan world runs after all such things, and your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give them to the poor. Provide purses for yourself that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Thanks, Alan. Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, my name's Pete Chang. I'm one of the pastors here uh, at the Lakes Church. Uh, my, my areas of responsibility are kids, uh, youth and young adults. And yeah, it, it is my joy uh, to be with you here this morning and to open up uh, God's Word uh, with you. Uh, hopefully you're all staying safe, staying dry. Um, yeah, as, as been mentioned already, yeah, please do reach out 
uh, if you need kind of help, especially practical help uh, in that area. Now, on my uh, phone, I've got this app called the Health App. Uh, and the Health App, it gives me a bunch of information about my health and how I'm going at any one particular time. Uh, so it tells me how active I've been. Uh, it tells me the number of steps that I've taken in a particular day. Uh, it gives me data on how well I've been sleeping, uh, how long I've slept for, how much deep sleep uh, I've been getting in amongst the total sleep that I've gotten. Uh, it gives me uh, data and info on how much energy that I've expended, how many calories uh, I've burnt. Uh, it even gives me a bunch of data on my heart. So it tells me what my heart rate is when I'm exercising. It tells me what my resting heart rate is. Uh, it's actually pretty scary when you come to think of it, how much info my little phone knows about me and is gathering uh, about me. Uh, but the reason for the health app uh, and the reason why it gathers so much data about me is because it wants to formulate this picture of my overall health. It wants to give me a health check. And that's an important thing to do, isn't it? Uh, it's important to regularly evaluate our health. And this very morning, we're going to do just that. We're going to have a health check. Uh, and maybe it might be a bit more precise to say, we're going to have a heart check, a bit like what Chef was referring to before. So have your Bibles open to Luke chapter 12. Uh, we're going to be referring to that this morning. So look at what Jesus says in verse uh, 34. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What is Jesus saying? Or well, he's saying we treasure that which is dear to us. We put our time and our energy into things that we consider important. We pour resources and money into that which we think will give us the greatest reward in life. We treasure those things which are dear to our hearts. And as Christians, I would hope and think that we would treasure Jesus, uh, that he would be the thing or the person who is most dear to us, that he would be the one that we long for and spend our time in devotion to because we know just how wonderful and amazing he is. We know that he's our loving saviour. We know that he's our mighty king. We know that he's our kind and compassionate Lord who is always appealing to the Father on our behalf. Jesus is our everything and we owe our entire existence to him. Surely he would be the one that we treasure above all things. The problem is, sometimes we as Christians, we lose focus. And sometimes we set our hearts on other things, things over and above our devotion to Jesus. And that could uh, show itself in any number of different ways. We're all tempted in many and varied ways. But this morning, we're going to focus on two ways in which our hearts can be led astray. Firstly, we might treasure treasure, or we, instead we might treasure this life 
over the life to come. So firstly, we're going to be thinking about the idea of treasuring treasure. Uh, So in our passage today, Jesus begins with a key warning. You see it there in verse 15. Then he said to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possession. Jesus warns us against greed. What is greed? Well, greed is hoarding more and more stuff for yourself. Greed is having more than enough and still not being content with the riches and wealth that you've amassed. But you know what the problem is with greed and wealth and riches? It's never something that we have, but always something that others have. You know, that's the problem when you get a subjective phrase like greed. It's always in relation to others. And we almost always compare ourselves with people who have greater wealth than us. You know, there's, there's no way that I'm greedy. I mean, I know greedy people, but myself, no way. And when Jesus says that life does not consist of an abundance of possessions, I think in our heads we understand that and we know that. We know that life is so much more than just the stuff that we accumulate. The problem is, sometimes our practice doesn't show what we know in our heads. Now, deep down, uh, we know not to put our hope in material possessions, but the way that we spend our time the way that we invest our livelihoods, the way that we pour ourselves into our work might just suggest otherwise. At the very least, Jesus' warning against greed is something that we all need to pay attention to. It's something that we all need to take heed of. And as Australians, we live in a rich and prosperous nation. No doubt that Yes, even in Australia, there's going to be people who are struggling. There's people in poverty. But as a whole, we are a very rich nation. Um, We might compare ourselves to others and not consider ourselves rich and wealthy. But when when we compare ourselves to the rest of the world, then we've got it good. There was a study put out a couple of years ago, um, Hopefully you can see it there. Um, And that study showed, and it ranked, actually, it ranked Australia, the second richest country in the world behind Switzerland. Now, I'm sure there's tons of different ways that you can measure wealth, but whether we're the richest nation in the world or the second richest or even the 10th or 20th richest country in the world, it doesn't really matter. The fact of the matter is, as Australians, we are rich We have got it good here in Australia. And that means that we are especially susceptible to being greedy. We need to listen to Jesus' warning here. And to demonstrate to his hearers that life does not consist of the possessions that we accumulate, Jesus tells a parable about a rich man. So this rich man, uh, he's doing really well for himself. He's a successful businessman. Um, Things are going so well that he needs to expand his business. Uh, The ground beneath him is producing a bountiful harvest. And the barns that he has doesn't have enough room to store 
all that harvest that he's getting. And so being the shrewd businessman that he is, he thinks, I know what I'll do. I'll just tear down my existing barns and build bigger ones, ones which will enable me to store up all the crops and grains that will keep me going for years on end. That way I can kick back, take life easy, eat, drink and be merry. And you look at that and you think, as an investment strategy, it all sounds pretty good, actually. There seems to be a lot of wisdom in what he's doing with his life. Things are going great, guns, so why not take the opportunity to set yourself up for life? You know, so much talk these days is about setting yourself up for life. You know, study hard so that you can open up opportunities for yourself later on in life. Work hard in your job so you'll get promoted and that you can start to work your way up that corporate ladder. Or get a foot in the property market just so that you can use that as a basis to expand to an even bigger house. Or build a nest egg for yourself in your superannuation so that you can retire in comfort. Those are the messages that we are constantly being fed. And they seem to make a lot of sense. It seems to be a lot of wisdom there. And much like the man in the story, things were going great for him. Things might be growing great for us financially. But this man in the story, his business was absolutely killing it. And he saw this wonderful opportunity to set himself up for life. It seemed like he had it all going for himself. But the problem is, God had other plans for him. Look at what God says to this greedy rich man in verse 20. It's absolutely devastating. You fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich toward God. The rich man thought that he had it all sorted. He thought that he was in control of his life, but he lived a life of greed and he was wanting to gain more and more for himself. His attitude to life was entirely self-indulgent. He had built up all this wealth for himself and so he would get to enjoy the fruits of his labour. And he thought that his riches safeguarded him from a whole heap of worry and troubles in life. Now, John Calvin, the great theologian, he calls uh, what this rich man done um, that he'd built up this fortress of riches around himself. But the problem with this man is that his heart was actually cold towards God. He had no regard for God or for others. Um, and so this so-called fortress of riches comes crashing down on this man the instant that God lays claim to his life. Because what good are our possessions when we are faced with the mighty God of the universe? What sort of protection can our wealth offer when we come before God in judgment? Absolutely nothing. You know, imagine saying to God, oh, hey, God, here's my car. Will that do? It's ridiculous, right? How pathetic. Look at Proverbs chapter 11, verse 4. 
Wealth is worthless in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. You know, wealth and possessions, they can't safeguard us from God's judgment. God is holy, pure and just and right. He demands righteousness and that is the only thing that can save us. But the Bible is also clear that we cannot attain righteousness for ourselves. We all fall short of God's glory, Romans chapter 3. And it is only by his grace to us in Jesus that we can be made righteous. So no amount of wealth or riches or possessions are ever going to be able to safeguard us from the judgment of God. Only Christ and his sacrifice can do that for us. See, when we treasure treasure above the things of God, then that leaves us in really big trouble. And in a rich and affluent society such as Australia, greed is a massive temptation and problem. Because when we become greedy, then we naturally become stingy towards God and his concerns. Greed causes us to lose sight of God because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You know, sadly, I I know way too many people whose wealth has blinded them from God. You know, these family and friends of mine, in the world's eyes, they've got everything that they need. They've got good jobs, got good family, uh, they've got the house, they've got the car. Life is going great for them. And when things are going so well, this is what their, their thoughts and their attitudes to God is. What's the need? You know, I've got everything that I would want right here, right now. I'm good. No need for God whatsoever. That is of course, until the day of judgment. And on that day, what good will all those possessions be? What protection might they offer us before God? None whatsoever. It's such a tragedy. Let us not fall into that same trap, but let us come to God on our knees, grateful that he has made us right, through the blood of his son. Now, the second way that we can lose focus on God and his eternal kingdom is by treasuring this life and becoming overly obsessed and worried with the things of this world. So verse 22 of Luke chapter 12. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. You know, things like food, clothing, shelter, our health, they're they're important things. Uh, They ought to be concerns of ours, but not to the point of us obsessing over them and leading to us taking our eyes off eternity and what God has in store for us as his children. Life really is more than even just those basic needs of ours. 
to be sure, God isn't calling us to a life of poverty. You know, the Bible never speaks about poverty as a good in which we ought to strive for. Poverty will always exist in this world of ours, but we ought never chase after it as an end in itself. You know, some Christians in the past, they have gone down this path, thinking that poverty might draw them closer to God or might even earn some praise from God as a result. But Paul in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, he, there he urges Christians not to be idle, but instead to earn a living, to work hard so as not to be a burden on others. You know, that was Paul's model for his own life and he wanted his hearers to do likewise. And if any of us have more than we need, and, you know, let's be frank, as Australians, that's probably most of us, we ought to live a life of generosity and share with those who are in need. So 1 Timothy chapter 6, uh, verse 17. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. Life really is more than food and clothing and safety. God, our Heavenly Father, will provide for our needs, and when He does that and more, we can share that blessing and favour with those who are more needy. And as Christians, there's two further reasons why we should sit loosely to the things of this world, not stressing and worrying about them, but instead focusing on the life to come. Firstly is the fact that God is in control of all things. He has got it sorted. He alone is able to determine the outcome of life. He is powerful and able to care for the things of his creation. And Jesus illustrates God's sovereignty uh, for us by asking us to consider the ravens. Now, ravens, they've got it pretty easy, don't they? Um, They just cruise around all day, taking in the sights. Um, And when they get hungry, they'll just kind of come down and, and peck at some grain or some bugs or some fruit. They've got this absolute smorgasbord of food waiting for them. And did they do anything to earn or deserve that food? Did they sow seeds or build storehouses for their food? Of course not, don't be ridiculous. And yet God in his sovereignty willingly provides and cares for even the ravens. And if God does that for ravens, which, you know, let's be honest, aren't that special really, then how much more will he clothe and feed and care for us, his children. Now, Jesus goes on uh, in verse 25. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Now, how many of us uh, would like to have more time? Uh, How many of us could do with an extra hour or two in the day? You know, I'd love to have an extra few hours to kind of complete the work that I need to do or or just to enjoy a bit more leisure time. 
chillaxing and and doing those uh, leisurely things. But the so-called simple thing of adding an hour to our lives, it's it's actually not that simple. Um, As much as we hate to admit it, we are not in control of our lives. And if we're not in control of our lives, then what point is there in worrying about our life and our circumstances? You know, the past few years with pandemics and floods, other natural disasters, now wars, surely they are constant reminders to us that we are not in control of our lives as much as we would hope to be. But as Christians, we don't have to give way to pessimism and despair because unlike us, we have a Heavenly Father who is in control. We have a Heavenly Father who knows our needs and willingly provides for us. We have a Heavenly Father who loves and cares for us. We have a God who is sovereign and in control of all things. We don't need to worry because God has got it covered. Now, the second reason why we ought not worry in this life is because God knows what we need. So Jesus, he asked us to consider the flowers of the field. They do not labour or spin, and yet God clothes them with beauty and majesty. You know, there is so much to admire and appreciate about nature. And there's so much splendour and magnificence to the world in which God has created. You know, the next time you're, you're out and about walking in the, your neighbourhood, take in that beauty. Take notice of all the intricacies and wonder of God's world. He knows how to make things and he does a pretty good damn job of it. Again, Jesus' point is, if God is willing to clothe a flower with such beauty and wonder, how much more will he be willing to clothe us, his children? Look at verse 29. And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all, those, all such things. And your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock. For your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. God cares for us. He knows us. He created us. There's no need to worry and chase after the things of this world because God knows what we need and he will provide for us. And what we really need, in fact, is the kingdom. And what an amazing thing it is that God would gladly give the kingdom to his followers. See, rather than treasuring wealth or the things of this world, We need to treasure the kingdom because in God's kingdom, true riches are found. See, a healthy heart is one which focuses firmly on Jesus as the king of God's kingdom. And if true riches are found in heaven, then it means that we can sit loosely to the things of this earth. With our wealth, we can richly give, not as a way of earning God's approval, but in response to and out of gratitude 
and thanks for the generosity that God has bestowed on us in Jesus. So look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8, uh, verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through, so that you through his poverty might become rich. God has been overwhelmingly kind and generous to us in his Son. He gave up the life of his Son so that we might inherit the glory and riches of heaven. And since we have the unimaginable riches of the kingdom, then yes, we can give our cash generously. Give generously to that which will have eternal significance. But it's not just with our cash that we can be generous. Give generously with our time and our money. Uh, sorry, with our time and our energy. You know, we can do that in a whole number of ways, but definitely do it in the service of our brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, get involved in a serving team if you're not involved in one already. You know, we've all got any number of ways that we could be spending our time. But why not commit a decent chunk of that time in service of God amongst brothers and sisters here at the lakes? You know, we can be generous with our homes. Invite people over. Open up your house for hospitality and fellowship. And we can be generous with our time. You know, in an age of busy, 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 slow down and commit some time to encouraging a brother or sister in Christ. You know, a lot of this stuff that I've just said, it won't make a lot of sense in the eyes of the world. But as believers, we know of the unsurpassed riches of heaven and of the tender love of our heavenly Father. And so we don't need to worry about the things of this world or, or chase after riches in this life. The things of this world are temporary, whereas God's eternal, God's kingdom is eternal. The kingdom is what matters, and that's what ought to take pride of place in our heart. And as our attachment to God and his kingdom grows and grows, so might our attachment to the things of this world grow smaller and smaller. Let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, we give thanks for your word to us this morning. Father, we ask that you might keep us from being fools. Um, keep us from treasuring the things of this world. Uh, Father, thanks that you are in control of all things. Lord, keep us from undue worry and stress, but help us to bring all things before you as the one who is sovereign over all. Father, we praise you and give thanks for your amazing generosity to us um, through your son. Thanks for saving us through his blood. Father, likewise, give us generous hearts and help us to long for the kingdom and spending eternity with you in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.